here's a question that I have for you, for the panel. Um, how, what are some things that you do to get children's ministry in front of the main church, the importance of children's ministry? How do you work with your lead pastor to make sure that children's ministry is thought of as important and vital and like, here we are, right? Like in, in your church, do you understand that? Like, how do, how do you do that? I'll start. Oh, maybe I won't start. <laughs> um, I will, um, when I first got to the church, just last December, uh, am I not? I've got a big enough mouth, it'll probably be okay. <laughs> um, um, I got to church last December and, and we started talking about family services. Uh, so we immediately started doing family services and those have been just a phenomenal hit. And it's not a family service where uh, the we just do an object lesson in front of the the service, it's literally uh, me working with the worship pastor so that they're doing the live song while the kids are coming up and doing the so you know, motions with the song, and then uh, a, the object lesson, a memory verse, a something that families can do together as a activity even in the service, and then a prayer experience at the end. So it's more than just your typical family uh, service. It truly is a replica of what we're doing in kids' church. And then we recently, we haven't done it yet, but I'm very, very excited. Every fifth Wednesday, we are going to start doing a family prayer experience. So families will come into the sanctuary and uh, actually walk through prayer stations as a family. So we're really excited about that. So it really gets it in front that there's something about ministering to kids and how we do it. You know, we, we, we do, we've done a variety of things. Um, we do a BGMC Sunday once a month where the kids actually take up the offering. That's been changed a little bit in the last year, but um, that was a great way to get our kids out in front of the adults. And then as part of that, we always did a, um, a kids' worship song. Um, so that we led with that, and then we had the BGMC. So we were kind of worshiping together. Um, but my best advice to you would be whatever you do. So we do like our summer, uh, it's like a kids' crusade style. So um, it's all-in-one in the sanctuary, but it's our kids' outreach. And the first time we did that, it was like, you know, a couple adults might have showed up, but they just sent their kids. But we did so good at that event, and it was so well done that adults wanted to be involved because you want to be known as the guy who was helping at that event to the point where when we do this now, it's, it's like 95% of the church has a role in our kids' outreach every summer. And the reason they, they want to be a part of that is because it's done so well, they want to be on board with that ship. And so I would just say... When, whenever you have an opportunity to be in front of your church, uh, to do whatever it is you're doing, do it really well. And it may, it may be a background thing. You may be asked to serve in the background, but make sure that your background thing is done so well that the pastor is asking you to take a larger role the next time. Um, and so that's my best advice. I could, I could give you example after example and in, in how that's worked for us. Um, and then always, 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 one of you mentioned it, maybe both of you mentioned it, uh, tell your pastor what's happening and, and then say, can I, can I have five minutes to, to tell this story? And then take five minutes, don't take 15. Noted. 
I want to I want to hear how Michael does this in a bigger church because sometimes in a bigger church it feels like the schedule is very tight and it's difficult. How do you do it, man? Well, first, I apologize, Chris, but I have to have to redirect you because children's ministry is the main service. Am I right? Am I right? Um, jokingly, but at the same time, yes. Uh, Amen. Sorry. So I, I love what I love what Jared's saying because. Um, it is super difficult in a larger church where it feels like everything is just fend for yourself. Um, and so we've just kind of made it our habit to what you're saying, do whatever we can with excellence. But then on top of that, we do the once a year summer program that I think a lot of us do. Sometimes it's VBS, whatever you want to call it. We've made it our thing that we're going to put together a full drama for that. It's on the stage in the worship center. And so then what that does is that opens up opportunity to ask every team to be involved. Here's what I think. I think sometimes in children's ministry, we get scared to ask certain people for help. Like you don't have, sometimes you don't have high caliber leaders because you sell yourself short. And I remember the first time I went up to the CE, or the, um, the regional vice president of Starbucks in our area for, at the time. And I said, will you mentor me? And now he's like, family to me because he was like, yeah, I've been waiting for, like, I'm just sitting here not doing anything. Um, and so, like, you, you just can't sell yourself short. Start asking people those things. And when, when the rest of the church sees, oh, how do you have these people helping and how is this? Well, because we're, we're getting it done. You guys come see and be part of it. And they'll, people will get excited about it when they just see this energy and excitement. That's, unfortunately, the only way we could do it in our setting right now. And then the other part being child dedication. I want to bring it up again. It's so dear to my heart. It's the first spot. It should be the on-ramp to your ministry where you're saying, we're going to partner with parents, and it's the best opportunity to do it is right at the very beginning to say, how are you going? what's your plan to know God and his plan for your life and your kids? We want to partner with you. And then that's always in front of the church when you do it. So there you go. You have like this easy on-ramp that probably your pastor is already about that, then it just becomes, you own it. Say, man, I'm going to own that because we have a plan and a process for it. Uh, if I could speak real quick to the ladies in the room. Um, one thing that we do a really bad job of is exactly what Michael has mentioned and what Jared has mentioned is that we don't talk to our pastors and that we sell ourselves way short. Um, there is a great book called How Women Rise um, that you would, you would do well to read. I read through it and went, I do that. I do that. I do oh shoot, I do all of them. <laughs> and half of them are because we're wired differently. We don't put ourselves out there. We don't, we don't go and say, hey, we did this or this kid's doing, we kind of hold back and go, oh, that's not really that important. Don't do that. Don't do that. Get out there. That's so good. Thank you. And, 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 and really, I mean, I, I, when you think of children's ministry, you guys shouldn't sell yourself short because you have to be on the ball with systems. You have to be on the ball with communication. You have to be on the ball with safety. You have to be on the ball with volunteer recruiting. You guys are doing things at a high level and at the highest level in a lot of aspects, and this is no smoke to anybody else that are on your teams, you're required to do things at a, at a, at a very, very high level because you are dealing uh, with with children you are you need to have people in place like as a youth pastor I can do a youth night if I don't have a ton of volunteers that's not really happening in children's ministry so you guys are wired already to be doing things with excellence 
and you serve your church by making sure that you are running things with excellence and that your space looks clean and tidy so that when your parents are dropping their children off in your space, they're like not freaking out, like wondering like, oh, you, you, you can't keep things organized in this space. It looks like a tornado just went through it uh, and I'm dropping my kid off. Now, there's a difference between like, okay, there's, there's like, you know, 23, uh, you know, uh, six-year-olds in the room just tearing everything apart in, in process and then walking up and being the first parent and seeing that things are disorganized and disheveled. Uh, excellence matters and it serves the church so, so well. So I absolutely love that. Let me just ask this question. We just had a, a season where we were totally online. Um, are you keeping online services now that you guys have learned to do it? And, and why are you keeping those online services and online outreaches? What are some of the things that you did? How are you leveraging social media? How are you leveraging uh, being able to get into the homes of the kids, kind of like what Chris was saying earlier? So our, our, our focus is shifting, um, where I'm taking the online component, which I, I think we need to continue to do, but really making that designed for the community um, and less for our church kids. And so it, even though we're gonna tie it in, to what we're learning, it's a very surface level. And if our church kids engage with that content, great, they've got that surface level, and then when they come on Sunday, they can go deeper with that story. Um, but we're, so we're just taking that component and recognizing that people are, I mean, now anybody that's gonna check out our church is gonna check us out digitally first. No one's showing up blind, uh, even in our little small rural community. And, and so we have to have a digital presence that says, that the kids like, and then they might want to go that next level. So that's for us, and that may not be for everybody, but for us, we're going to go, uh, you know, digital service type thing, but it's more of a out, outreach focused, and it's more of a fun element um, with the entry level, and then go deeper on our Sunday services. They're, they're both looking at me, so I guess I'll go. Um, Effingham Church has not been doing anything online. However, prior to this, I was at Central Assembly in Springfield, Missouri, and we were having to do everything online. Something we found, and this was an idea I'm trying to bring into Effingham. We haven't quite got there yet because, like I said, we weren't even, they aren't even set up for it. But one thing I noticed was we were doing the online pieces and then when we did go back together in Central, uh, we kept using the pieces that we had created on the screen. So like I did a Scientist Sally object lesson kind of a thing, okay? So Scientist Sally then was up on the screen. That meant that I didn't have to dress up as Scientist Sally on Sunday morning. I could be engaged with kids. So there is a huge element of doing, you know, trying to get that video going of your own people and how cool is it for the kids to see them up on the screen and then freeing up those people to relationally engage with the kids. So just an idea there. And I just want to, I, before you guys give advice, I just want to say if your excuse is we don't have the budget or the resources or I'm not talented with tech, uh, I live in Warsaw. You've never heard of it. <laughs> because it's a tiny little blip on the map. I have a budget of- we came here from Poland, actually. Zero, yeah, from <laughs> Poland. Uh, no, I have like a zero technology budget. Um, and so what we've been able to do is just like hack job of stuff. But if, I, if I'm able to do it, you're able to do it. And if you're just sitting there going, I really have no idea, please 
give me a call, shoot me a message on Facebook. I'll walk you through what we've done. I can get you started, um, and, then, and then you can decide if it works or not. But, but uh, if we can do it, I promise you, no church has an excuse to not do it simply because we're not, we don't have the resources or whatever. And if you can't figure it out, give it to your kid. Yeah. A really quick idea. One of the most memorable things back when I was a kid in kids' church, my dad would, they would shoot videos with uh, another kid's ministry half hour down the road. And they would have to pre-record on VHS, drive, exchange videotapes, and it'd be kids' churches challenging other kids' churches. But we live in a day and age that collaboration is king. I mean, you guys could get with another character if Scientist Sally is like, dude, that sounds awesome. Could Scientist Sally give my kids a shout out in my kids' ministry? And the next time she's doing that on, on recording, she could say, hey, and the kids at whatever city in, in Naperville or whatever, hey, I'm going to challenge you to do this. You guys can shout each other's kids out. You could challenge people. That video online thing is so cool. And I think, to Chris's point, there could be some cool hybrid moments to say, hey, and now check this video out. And there could be live stream customized content from a collaborative uh, mindset as well. So that could be a fun way to spice up your kids' ministry. That's good. So we, we also, I think, collaborative, everything that they just said. Um, we've been shooting our videos that we were producing and putting online. We continue to do that, and then we break it up for in-house um, so we could go deeper because I think we tried to just kind of make it fun the whole time. Um, but then this is also as we reopen our satellite campus and as we launch more in the next year, it becomes the way we do our services and it becomes a very easy trainable, hey, take this video element. When this segment one is done, this is the things the in-person house does and says, then go to segment two. So we're just going to keep kind of going that, that route. And then it's all one piece online and eventually broken up and hopefully in the future into YouTube kids. Super quick idea, just random. Um, something with uh, The Mandalorian that just kind of spoke to me. Back in the day, old school TV programming was, hey, Friday night at 7 o'clock. And now it's like, dude, I'm going to watch it when I want. But Disney, it feels weird them going back to only releasing one episode a week on certain times. It's created a thirst and an excitement for something to come. I mean, we've gotten so used to like, I'm going to just binge, binge watch you know, seven seasons of something. Well, Disney is like, hmm, I could get them talking about this episode all week, and then I could just give them breadcrumbs. And so, I mean, but what if we were to release something, if WandaVision comes out at this time on Fridays, to say, hey, WandaVision might come out at seven, you might watch it as a family, but at six o'clock, we're going live as a kid's ministry. So get your whole family in the living room ready to do that. But piggyback, I'm a sucker for saying, where's the momentum and how can I just grab that tail? And so, I don't know, maybe tagging on some momentous ideas. And here's just a real practical thing for you if you're, if you're embarking on this. First of all, Michael, your videos are incredible. So if you're looking for good ideas, look at his. If you're looking at cheap ideas, look at mine. Uh, <laughs> second of all, uh, this, is, this is from experience. Uh, videos that have your kids have kids in them engage and play way better it's a little harder to orchestrate um, but if you can get now that now that things are starting to open up a little bit and you can maybe have some engagement in, with kids um, we started we just in the first week of March we're starting a kids ministry team 
And uh, that's gonna be like a lot of what we do is just record videos that go into our component. And so, um, I, but everything says videos with kids. And again, I, I, some of your messages are getting crossed over in my mind. Uh, it was you and the recording, Emma. Uh, Emma from the worship recording, uh, the same principle. She goes home and says, I have to watch it. They're premiering the video at 10 a.m. on Saturday, and I have to watch it, and Grandma watch it too, and, and you've generated excitement, and that kid has done all of the work for you in advertising and promoting. They've told their friends at school. And, and so in, get your kids involved. Get them planning ideas. You know, my kids spend way too much time watching YouTube, and so they know what's funny on YouTube right now, and they recreate those videos because we live in a time where TikTok has taught us that plagiarism is awesome. And but, so, you know, like, just, just uh, get them involved. Can I, can I throw out a real-life testimony here really quick? Um, I was a bus kid. Uh, the church raised me as a kid. Um, my parents did not go to church. Here's the kicker, guys. My parents did not get saved until 40 years later. If the church hadn't done their job in raising me spiritually, my parents may never have gotten saved. You know, I really loved what Chris said about social media and having an online presence. And 2020 has really given us access into people's homes that we never really had before as ministers. And that's a blessing. That's an incredibly good thing. And so to just kind of punt that uh, or to just not leverage that or not take advantage of that. I really want to challenge all of you to think, like talk to Jackie and Sierra back there. They're doing phenomenal things uh, with social media and, and being online. Talk to Zach there. He's a social media genius. He can teach you guys how to take content from your main kid service and make it into little bite-sized pizza, pieces, not pizzas. I have pizza on the brain. Where's our pizza? <laughs> hey, let's give it up. Thank you, Giordano's for coming. You're, awesome. You're just the best. Yes, you, sir are our hero. All right. Uh, in, in, in like being able, to, being able to get into houses with this information and being able to leverage this kind of stuff is amazing. I want to let you know Zach is here to serve you guys if you need to ever sit down and figure out like, hey, how do I leverage social media and, and use it in a way that is going to grab the attention of our kids? Zach's just a master of that. Sierra and Jackie are doing absolutely uh, incredible things with that. Does anybody out here have a real quick question while we're getting the pizza set up? Sierra, yeah, I saw that hand. What's your question? Were you just, Sierra? What? Is it? Thanks, great question. Great question, Sierra. Yeah, Zach. Oh, hello. <laughs> I was thinking Chris was going to give me the microphone. Okay. Uh, so I've heard uh, concerns about biblical literacy and getting Bibles in kids' hands. Um, something that we've been aware of and trying to do a better job at. Do you guys have any practical tips or things to help, help us get kids reading their Bibles? We do like rewards for bringing their Bibles and it's still like three kids, my kids, bring their Bibles because they want a ticket <laughs> or whatever, right? But uh, some practical tips maybe you do or you've seen to help kids get in their Bibles more. Yeah, environment eats willpower for breakfast. 
And so, how can we create better environments that kids would fall into those good habits? A great book is Atomic Habits, but what would it look like to train when kids wake up, when they go to the bathroom mirror, they read a Bible verse that's on the sticker, and then when I, it's goofy, but it's called habit stacking. Like, when I blow dry my hair, and this is really awkward for everybody, but I kind of, that's why. And sorry, guys. Uh, but whenever I use a hair dryer, I use my prayer language because I'm like, oh, tongues of fire, my hair's hot. Okay, cool, it reminds me. And so, uh, but you know what? It's habit stacking reminds me to use my prayer language because I tie it to an everyday thing. So what would it look like for our kids? You make your bed, then you lay your Bible on your pillow because when you get home from school, you see that Bible there and then spend some time with God or before you go to bed or finding ways to stack habits to help. And I'm gonna disagree, push back. This is, I'm just calling you guys out. Yes, have the Bible in front of kids, but also celebrate all the different methods that we have. Because my kids, both my boys, Carter is getting better, but my other son hates reading. But he listens to the Bible. He likes audiobooks. So the U version, the Bible app, that's been awesome. I listen to the U version in the shower in the mornings. I listen to it in the commute. I'm hearing God's word. So multiple angles show multiple ways. Hey, you might have your Bible on your phone. That's awesome. You might have your Bible on the iPad. That's awesome. It's this. It's this physical book, and we can digest it many ways. You think of the gospel having to sneak Bibles into countries, and now it's just like, just download the app. Like, that's awesome. That's so cool. So, yes, show that the Bible is critically important, but also, I feel, show multiple ways on how kids could ingest God's Word. I'm going to disagree with your disagreement. All right, all right, bring it. Let's go. Because, <laughs> I'm glad I, Patty's here to celebrate. I actually it. agree with you. Multiple, I'm saying they don't know you're doing it when you're on your phone. Yeah. So you have to have that physical moment where they see it and they understand it. Totally also, <laughs> um... And I lost my... Go ahead, Patty. <laughs> I had something real, and then I was too busy being a punk, and I forgot it. So go ahead. Right. Oh, well, he's thinking. Think, okay? Think, think, think. Um, think about, too, we've already kind of hit on it, the fact that Bible engagement has to do with... And my chair is turning, sorry. Uh, Bible engagement has to do with um, experience as well. So we're asking them to read a book that looks like there's a bunch of people in it that I could never live up to. So again, we've got to help kids understand that Joshua was really scared when Moses handed that mantle off to him. And that Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, as they walked up to that fiery furnace, probably had just a little bit of hesitation. I know they were set, but I can't imagine that they didn't go <gasps> as that fire hit them, right? So... I think we got to tie the two together, and then they're going to want to get into the word. And real quick, you get what you reward. How many of us say, hey, how many of you read your Bibles three times this week? Awesome job. I'm so proud of you. Way to go in the back, Josh. I, way to go. You read your Bible, man. That's, did you know that's the most important thing you could do, spending time with God throughout the week? I'm so proud of you, Josh, for doing that. Even though none of your hands were up, I'm going to call out Josh for lifting up his hand. You get what you reward. If we say this is the most important thing, how are we incentivizing it? How are we inspecting what we expect? So let's just make it a big deal. And also share with the kids, hey, while reading the Bible this week, God was speaking to me. It might not be related to the lesson that you had planned, but kids need to know that you're in the Word, not just in sermon prep too. Did you get your 
I do, but go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I don't want you to forget it again. It's not forgotten because you asked. No, no, no. Michael's very old. He forgets things very, oh. very quickly. Speaking of old. Wait a minute. Speaking of old, and I was a prison guard, so I'd watch out what you say. But anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, for me, the first half of ministry was so hard for me to remember to be in the word for myself. It was a whole lot of, oh, we're going to be talking about this. Let me just study it. Let me get there. Um, and I just want to encourage all of you. I know you've already figured this out and are working on it. Be in the word for yourself and for no other reason so that you can um, just love the scriptures and love who God is. And then that'll translate better. Now, when we do our videos, um, thank you. Every time we get to the Bible teaching, I hold the Bible up to the screen and I say, where are we always going to go back to understand this stuff? I'm going to read from this right now. And now in the room or at home, I don't expect anybody to actually have their Bible. I don't even give them time to open it necessarily, but I want them to see for us, it's important. We are going to go back to that scriptures. And then we do regularly, not every time, but we do um, observation, interpretation, application as part of like, this is how we read our Bible. Let's do an observation. You know, we try to get them into that learning habit of how do we read scriptures. Um, and then one last piece, when you do have kids in house and you want them to open a Bible, it really helps to make sure they all have the same Bible. Why? So that you're not spending 35 minutes helping a kid find Genesis 2. Okay? So if you're able to say, oh, you have the hands-on Bible, which we recommend you get here. All you got to do is open up to page number 35, and then it helps them get there quicker. So I would encourage you to find, like, what's the Bible? And have people to help them get there. Absolutely. Uh, A couple of quick, 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 quick. We need to quit giving kids answers. Um, I've had kids ask me very tough questions, and what I say to them is, hey, let me get some, let me do some research for you. Um, and the research is not the answer. The research is, here's five scriptures. I want you to look these up, and you come back and tell me what you think, and we'll talk through it. And the reason I do that is because I want them, one, forming their own. They, I want them to be able to do that for themselves instead of just relying on the pastor to answer your questions, and then you just accept his answer at face value. Um, and so that's one way. We just we quit giving answers. Uh, and, and then um, the second way that I know, like, personally I'm raising two very, very rambunctious, energetic boys. How do I get them to engage with the Bible? Well, I've just been honest with them that the Bible isn't a bunch of cute stories. And we do a terrible job. I mean, our nurseries are decorated with the Noah's Ark, like the most violent story in all of scripture. He wipes out all of humanity. Hey, that's great nursery decorations. Like, that we need to be honest about the reality of scripture is it is not cute stories. It's humanity in a constant struggle. And boys especially love struggle and tension. And we keep trying to give them this like sugar-coated version of the gospel. And they want and they're desiring this very gritty, war-driven. And, and let's just be honest, like it's very it's, it's not even already. This is like triple X stuff in the scripture. And I've just been honest with my boys. Like the Bible deals with stuff, but you got to find those stories for yourself, son. And then talk to me. Because I'm not going to point out to them like Lot's daughter's sleeping with him. <laughs> but when they find those stories, I want them to come to me and be like, hey, dad, guess what I read? <laughs> so quit, but quit sugarcoating what the Bible is, and be real, be real about the struggles of humanity with violence and sex and all of this stuff, it's in the Bible because God wants us to deal with it. 
On his terms. Yeah, on his terms. And so, Zach, how do we get kids to engage with the Bible? We let them know there is no story that you're ever going to find that's going to match the excitement of what's happening here. But at the same time, all those other stories fall short of giving you the answers you need to engage with yep. them. That's really, that's really good. Um, so two, two quick things. One, I'm going to give a really cheap plug uh, in this moment. Like, let's not discount Junior Bible Quiz. Um, I, I think Junior Bible Quiz is something that all of us need to look into. And, and if you guys think that it's just memorizing scripture for the sake of memorizing scripture and then going into a competition where Calvary Naperville is just going to destroy you anyway. Those guys um, are jerks. <laughs> they are. <laughs> like, like, please understand that at Illinois Student Ministries, we are working with our Bible quiz coordinators to have different league levels so that kids can be in competition with. So like if, if your junior Bible quiz program has only been in like for less than five years and you're still getting started, we can put you in leagues with, with, with kids who are at the same level. Uh, I think, again, I think Chris Pruitt said some pretty incredible stuff like, you know, kids love to be rewarded. And I think there's just this level of reward when you can take kids on a trip and you can take them to a Bible quiz, uh, uh, you know, uh, event uh, in our state. Uh, and, and, and they can like hit buzzers and answer questions. And there's this instant feedback and this instant reward. And some of you guys right now, you're looking at me cross-eyed because you're like, what's Bible quiz? Listen, it's absolutely amazing. It's discipleship. There are kids in our, in our state right now who are in children's ministry who have full chunks of scripture memorized. And again, I just, I just want to, when you get kids memorizing scripture, let's remember not to sell the Holy Spirit short. The word of God is living and active. The word of God does not return void. And when you get kids reading their Bible, even if it's for a competition, even if it's to get on a bus and to do like a buzzer or drill or, or something like that, uh, I'm telling you, God can use that. God can do things. And when kids memorize scripture, it's especially in these years right now, like they hold on to that, right? How, how many theme songs can you sing from when you were a kid, right? Yeah, and real quick, Chris, it's an epidemic in our Christian colleges right now. Yeah. People Huge. coming into the colleges saying it's an epidemic with their, our their, their level of Bible knowledge. And you're like, wow, Sorry. this is going to be the next generation of pastors. Yeah. Like, we have to create that thirst, like Pastor Michael was saying, now in kids' ministries, make it fun. And just FYI, the 576 questions of Junior Bible Quiz include the 16 fundamental truths of the Assemblies of God. So it's an all-inclusive package that's got lots of memory as well as information that's vital to what we believe and you can you can as a parent go in and purchase the yes. bible fact pack you can and there's the bible's question set generator online yep uh, and, that you can go to for free now. is it being written in the new living translation should they wait to purchase the new it's bible fact pack yeah I mean, should you, so instead of preaching it right now, maybe wait a couple months until it's yeah, out? Yeah, wait, or? wait, because they are switching to the NLT, uh, which, which is great. Praise God for that. So there's so, much, there's so much information available for you, and Bible Quiz is an absolutely incredible tool. It's an absolutely incredible resource. My kids are involved in Bible Quiz, and they're just passionate about it. They, they love it. Like, they won't do their homework, but they'll do Bible Quiz. Like, I'm like, what? Okay, awesome. Praise God. Uh, and then the second thing that I would say is we talked a lot about how to, like, teach your kids in your children's ministry, how to engage the Bible. But do you notice how much we talked about, like, how I teach my own kids? Don't forget about engaging the family as well. Like, don't forget about teaching parents how to teach their kids how to read the Bible. Because parents need 
to be opening up their Bibles on their couches in their homes. That's going to be the most powerful way to disciple uh, the, the families. And not all of us have the ability to do that, but how and would you do ask, that? ask, ask your parents, hey, when do you spend time in devotions? When do you read your Bible uh, to those kids? Sometimes parents just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And as a parent, to be like, hey, when do you? It could be a great challenging moment for them to be like, ooh, we don't do this. I mean, then you could help them. It, it could be, yeah. you could reveal the black swan, but just ask them and questions about that. I had a children's pastor, like my kids would come home with like these, these scriptures they had to look up and we had to look them up together and then I had to sign it and then they would bring the thing back uh, and, and get like candy for it. And like my kids would actually annoy me into reading the Bible with them so that they can go back to kids' church and get, like, candy. Like, just, just incentivize it like that. Be like, go home, read these scriptures, have your parents sign that they did it with you, but they have to do it with you, and your kids will call out your parents. You have to do it with me. Well, just, I'll sign it. Just look, no, you have to do it. Like, your kids will totally do that, at least mine did. And, and it was just a really fun way to, like, open up the Bible with our kids. But, hey, speaking of getting treats and rewards, we want to direct your attention to the wonderful Giordano's that's in back. It came a little bit late. I'm so sorry. We were just actually trying to kill some time, but we were having great discussion.